Hi, you're listening to the Smarts at Clifford Chance with me, Saj Jetta, author of The Smarts, founder of award-winning talent consultancy, The Smarty Train, and an economist who is obsessed with working smart. I love to find brilliant people, follow them around and share their secrets, which is why I jumped at the chance to do this podcast that you're listening to right now. In this series, we'll explore some of the key decision points and experiences that will help define your future careers. Many people believe there is only one way to enter law. We're here to bust that myth and show that different options and opportunities are available to everyone. In each episode, I get to speak to amazing people who are in the early stages of their career, at school, at university, or on their training contract. During this episode of the podcast, we tackle two myths. The first is that you need to go to a certain type of university to secure a training contract. And the second is that only certain types of people can go to a certain type of university. Our first guest, Victor, has had an offer of a training contract at Clifford Chance and is currently in his third year at Nottingham Trent University, which wasn't his first choice. Here's Victor and me talking about his journey. So I applied to the University of Birmingham, University of Leeds, University of Warwick, um, Coventry University and Nottingham Trent University, where I study now. Did, did you believe at the time that you had to go to a certain type of university to do law? Um, definitely, definitely. I was a champion of the idea that Russell Group universities were the only ones that were worth going to. And um, yeah, if you ask anyone in my school, I told them that they should only apply to Russell Group universities. And um, because, and especially to study law, I in my mind it has a kind of and i'm not even sure where this kind of thing comes from but it's a prestige based um industry where you need the best names you need to have the best name on your cv so you even get a chance to go there and um yeah the one person i knew my cousin he is a well and he went to the university of birmingham as well so I was, okay that was clear for me russell Creek universities were the only place that were worth going if you want to be a lawyer um, and if you want, yeah. So that was that was the idea I, I had. So you had your heart set on going to University of Birmingham, but you're not currently studying there. So so what happened? <laughs> um, so my my I didn't get the the grades I needed for my A levels, and um, so that meant that I I couldn't go there. And um, as much as I tried through clearing and looking at other just any Russell Group University that was <laughs> that had spaces left, I was I tried all of them, and it wasn't happening. Thankfully, I still have an offer from Nottingham Trent as I put their members as my insurance because I was advised to, even though I didn't want to. I had an offer and I said, okay, I'm going to have to go. So yeah, I just didn't perform at the at the level that they wanted me to for my A-levels. Yeah. So how did it feel going to uh, a different university to the university you wanted to go to or thought that you ought to go to? I was, I think, dejected upset um i thought it was over i i really kind of did think it was over and because i i just i really just i was really quite i if you ask anyone in my seminar in my first year they could tell you that i looked and acted as though i wasn't meant to be there because in my in my heart i kind of felt that i wasn't meant to be there and i was like i said that i knew that i wanted a career in law and i knew that i had to study law to do that but I thought that if I was doing it in Nottingham Trent, it would be a waste of time to do. So um, I was I was really upset at the start. I was really quite upset at the start because, yeah, I really thought it was all over. And fast forward to today, um, what would you have told yourself back then 
through that experience um, that you wish you would have known? Don't don't look so. Just don't look at your current situation. Look at the future. Look at the vision. Look at um, you know, look ahead because there was so much more than my current circumstances at that time. And um, you know, just stay positive as well. And that was something that I was I was quite because just to kind of go back, even with a cheat, if I had got into University of Birmingham, I would have had to get three A's in my A-levels. And that was quite a hard task. And I was, like I said, I was kind of a champion of the Russell universities, but also at the same time, keeping a positive mindset. And that was something that I just didn't, didn't do when I got to Nottingham Trent because I thought it was really all over then, but it, it wasn't. And um, if anything, I think being there and being on the course I was on gave me the extra opportunity to get to where I am today. Um, so really it wasn't, it wasn't over. If I just kept relaxed and, <laughs> and looked ahead, it would have been, it would have been a lot, it would have been a lot better. What's been your experience with Clifford Chance uh, since the application? It's been great. They've um, really engaged with this a lot since then, since applying. And I've been, even though I didn't go to the firm before my assessment center, um, I feel like I know the firm well and have a lot of contact there. And it's been, it's been really good. A highlight being they took us to their corporate box in the O2. Victor's journey teaches us an interesting lesson about how we judge each other. Often we let our biases cloud our judgment and we focus too much on the who. The who could be where that person went to school or the clothes that they're wearing or even how they speak. Really, we should be focusing on the what. What are they actually saying? Separate the perspective from the person. Victor learned to focus on developing his perspective rather than worrying about his university because he knew that's what really counted. Our second guest, Safe, also had an unconventional path to his university. We can get on to university in a moment, but obviously you moved here. And at what point were you in your academic career when you moved to the UK? Yeah, so I moved here. So the equivalent of I just finished year nine in America. So we call that eighth grade. So I was 14. Uh, so yeah, just you know, in, in America, that's when you transition into high school. So it was a pretty pivotal point in, in, in my academic career. You know, a lot of things changing to suddenly kind of switch jurisdictions, I guess. Of course, I can imagine and change uh, the jurisdictions, change countries, uh, change all sorts of things. So then you came into the UK system and presumably at that point, you then entered your GCSE years? Yeah, yeah. So I entered my, I entered into year 10 here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a, it was a really quite um, rocky transition because I think the plan was originally the plan originally was that I was going to go back and live with one of my best friend, actually. Um, so I wasn't even supposed to go to school here, but then that kind of fell through. So uh, by that point, it was already September or something. So the year had already started. So they just kind of put me into the first school that would kind of take me. Yeah. So it was quite a quite a bumpy ride. Right. And then how did that go? So your first couple of years in terms of GCSEs here in the UK, as, it, as expected? Um, to be honest, I didn't really know what to expect. So I can't really say as expected. I mean, Something that really sticks out to me was quite funny. Um, just it's like a real microcosm of how crazy everything was. I remember I went into the, the, the school I ended up going to on the first day. And um, I had like this kind of interview with uh, the head of year. And, um, you know, my, my family was obviously, you know, talking about how he's a good student, and, you know, putting him in the good classes and all the rest of it. And she asked me like, oh, okay, like, do you want to do triple science? And, you know, for those, for those of you that don't know, triple science is like you know, the additional science class you could take to get the extra science qualification. And I was like, oh, you know, what's triple science? She's like, oh, you know, you basically take some more advanced science and you have an extra three exams. And I was like, why the hell would I want to take three more exams? Obviously, you know, got to year 11. I'm the only kid who's 
not doing year uh, sorry who's not doing triple science so yeah it was really yeah it was a mess and so at that point had you thought about careers and what you wanted to do no so because of the circumstances through which i came to the uk um i really was not a focused student in my gcse's at all i mean i was goofing around my teachers were, thought i was the troublemaker i was in detention all the time uh, I really, the, my career was the last thing on my mind. So. so at what point did you decide that you wanted to study law? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's quite, it's hard to kind of express even to myself. Um, I remember the only thing I can say is I remember really vividly on results day during my GCSE. So I remember getting that paper. Now bear in mind, I had done, I kid you not zero work in my GCSEs. I just didn't, I wasn't focused on school. And I remember getting my, my results and I was, you know, quite disappointed in my results, uh, as expected really. And, but I just remember saying to myself, that day, you know, you can do better than this. It's just one of those weird memories I have, like a flashback kind of thing. And then I, I honestly can't tell you what happened. But, you know, when I came into sixth form, I was a different person. I came in bookstrap, the highlighters, colored pens, you name it, and I had it. And yeah. So then you did your GCSEs and did, you know, did your GCSEs reflect kind of the path that you had decided to go on? So if you wanted to go and study law at Cambridge, were you on the track with the results that you had got for your GCSEs? No, not even close. I mean, don't get me wrong. My GCSEs weren't bad. I got three A stars, four A's and two B's, um, which, you know, pretty forgiven that I didn't work. It's definitely not bad. But, you know, I had definitely, you know, doing my research. I remember going onto one of the college websites at Cambridge and they were like, yeah, the average applicant has seven A stars at GCSEs. And I was thinking, that's not good. Um, so yeah, definitely not. And in terms of your own background, um, you know, was Cambridge a place that, uh, you know, in your, in, in your peer group or, or people that you were with, um, that people aspired to, or were you, you know, the first of that sort of, uh, yeah, no. So, um, so we, so, you know, kind of in line with the background, you know, I come from a pretty poor background, you know, we were always struggling. Um, and you know, the, 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 kinds of people I was interacting with. I mean, we're talking about, you know, first generation to even go to university, if go to university at all. Um, some of my best friends, you know, never went to university. Um, and even for myself growing up, uh, I remember my mom would really, really often, you know, tell me like, Seth, you know, if you don't get a scholarship to the local university, the University of South Florida, shout out, shout out Tampa, um, uh, you, you, you can't, you, we can't afford to send you to university. So, um, you know, from a very early age, you know, through no fault of anyone else's, you know, just the bar wasn't Cambridge, nowhere even close. It was just like, you know, take what, what incremental steps you can to, to cultivate something better than what you have now and then kind of take it as it comes. So yeah, it just, it just goes to show how strange and how, you know, how you have to seize every opportunity. Really. So then you talked about, um, you know, when you looked at your own grades and looked at what the average was to get in, even just with GCSEs, you know, when you started your A-level years, you might have already been potentially at a disadvantage. So how is it that you got from that position to a position where you got into Cambridge? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a tough question to answer because the, the, I mean, the short answer is just, belief i just believed in myself you know i remember thinking going into year 12 you know the odds are stacked against me every way to sunday you know i, I just know i can do it i mean I, that's honestly what i was telling myself i was like i know that i'm capable of doing this so i just have to do it you know the odds have been stacked against me before my whole life the odds have been stacked against me so you know I, i'm still here i'm still still kicking around why not 
Um, and I just forced myself, you know, I just, I just forced myself to work hard, set myself a goal, you know, do as, as well as I can. Um, I, I think, you know, if I had to pin down something, it was probably, you know, goal setting, you know, you hear about this, this a lot. Um, I remember one of the really big goals to set myself. So the, the system has now changed, but back when I was doing it, um, you know, we had our AS and then our A2 and, um, you know, obviously given that you apply at the beginning of A2, the grades they use to, to, to assess you are what you got in GCSE and then AS. And there was this thing called compulsory pooling. Um, and it was, if you average in your UMS, so like your grade specific, specific average amongst across all of your exam, if you got, it was like, I think it was 93%. If you average 93% over all of your exams, you automatically, um, got an interview and, even if you didn't get chosen an interview, there's this thing at Cambridge and Oxford called the pool. So it's like other colleges can see that, that your college that you applied to didn't take you, but they can kind of take you on if they like you. So I thought to myself, okay, if I get my foot in the door, my chances go up incredibly because I know I, I can trust myself. So I need to, that's the, that's the issue I need to solve. So I was like, all right, I need to hit the compulsory pooling target. So that was my short-term goal. And I think it really gave me something tangible to, to kind of hit. And it was a, it was, it was a, it was a way out. It was a way, it was a road out of, uh, uh in, in a sense to repent for the, the, the lack of foresight I had during my GCSEs. And luckily I did that. Often it's said that you have to be a certain type of person to go to a certain type of university. So, uh, yeah, what's your view on that? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely truth in it in the sense that there is a certain type of person that goes to a certain type of university. But that being said, there are, things are changing. Like, you know, there, there are, spaces growing fast for people who don't fit the mold and you know they can be hard to find it certainly was hard to find for me in my first year but i think they're only becoming more visible as time passes you know but the rate at which things change i think cambridge and all of these kinds of places are only going to become more accessible to people and yeah i mean that's just the social side of things obviously you know we can talk all day about the doors it opens um but yeah, I mean, I would, if, if the question is getting at, should I, would I encourage people? Absolutely. Amazing stories. Both Victor and Safe shifted their mindsets to achieve their goals. Last year, Clifford Chance recruited future trainees from over 35 UK higher education institutions, Nottingham Trent and the University of Cambridge being just two of them. They're excited to bring in talent from all across the UK to their programmes and to their training contracts. Myth busted. Thank you to Victor and Safe for talking to me and thank you too for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're interested in hearing some more big little hacks to take you a long way at work, there are four other episodes from this season on the Clifford Chance website where you can also find season one. Until next time, I've been your host Sad Shetter and this has been the Smarts at Clifford Chance.